I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, uh, chart manager here at Billboard. Here in our New York offices, this is where we look at why, what's on the charts, is on the charts, and a really busy week uh, this week. And a lot of it related to Atlantic Records, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Cardi B is number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Bodak Yellow, Money Moves. So we're going to get into that. We have uh, the label's uh, senior VP of pop and rhythmic promotion, John McMahon, uh, back on the podcast. He was here earlier this year, so we've got John back to uh, talk about all the success that Atlantic is having. Uh, he'll talk about Cardi B. He'll uh, talk about uh, the other acts that are doing really well in Atlantic, uh, including Portugal the Man. They hit the top 10 this week on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, with Feel It Still, Charlie Puth, huge year, Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars. Just an absolutely uh, great year so far for Atlantic Records. So we're going to get into all that. And uh, Trevor, you went over to Atlantic on Monday when the label told Cardi in person. This is how she found out that she was number one on the Hot 100 this week. That is correct, and we can uh, talk about that when we kind of break down Cardi B's achievement this week. She was obviously really excited. I'm sure people have seen on her social media channels this week, uh, you know how buzz she was about it, and um, it was a good time. It was really, it was really, it was cool to see, you know, because especially someone we've seen sort of watch the song rise for a while, and she kind of went into that for a little bit, um, and finally, you know, get there probably faster than you expected bigger than you expected in a way people were really rooting for the song i'm sure all that came together and was awesome for her to see and it will also flash back to you won't even tell me more flashback to do i get to know now or do i still have to wait uh we won't actually give the year out yet that'll be a little too obvious um but it will be in the spirit of what's going on obviously a lot of people and the big news has been focused on women and hip-hop um and that connection this week in, in honor of cardi b so we'll flash back to somebody who was very much pioneering some of those efforts um a while back and who was actually honored for for her uh for her breakthroughs not too long ago so we are going to keep it in that realm and if you know before gary I feel like a hotline or something people could call in or you know figure it out, but is that is that good enough for you, Gary? Someone honored by Billboard recently? No. Oh, that was my guess. Oh no! It women in music last year. Missy Elliott? Yeah. Is that what you? Oh no, no, no. Nope, nope. Not gonna be Missy. We'll give you a okay. So that's your first strike. We'll give you two more over the course of this podcast before we get there, and we'll see how you can do. In the meantime, while Gary 
cues up his guests. We'll cue up this week's Billboard Hot 100, the top 10. Here it is. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. Number eight. I tell all my hoes, break it up, break it down, break it up, fuck 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 it up. Number seven. Number If you thought Gary was lying to you at the top of the show, you heard it just for yourself right there. Number one, Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. Why would people think I'm lying? I don't know, Gary. That's 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 for you and your soul to figure out. I'm just here to tell the people that you weren't, so you're saved. You're good. Thank you. But yes, Cardi B, you just heard it, the new number one song in the country. You know, the biggest feat attached to this that a lot of people were, were cheering on is that she is the first female rapper to have a number one hit on the Hot 100 all by herself, did, did, did all the heavy lifting herself since Lauryn Hill, uh, 19 years ago, right. doo-wopped that thing. And we obviously saw how massive a record that was at the time, leading up to a huge album. So for, for Lauryn and for Cardi to be in the company with Lauryn, you know, I'm sure it's a huge honor and achievement for her. So you went over to Atlantic. It was kind of funny how uh, – well, let's actually play a clip of, of what happened. So we'll, we'll set this up for us. So uh, Cardi B went to Atlantic Records on Monday. They flew her in. They just told her to come up. Well, she knew – okay, she, she did know that they were going to give her uh, – the song went platinum. Right. So they had the platinum plaque ready for her. So 
she knew that that was going to be happening but then she she was kind of like well why would i have to you know get up for this this thing what she didn't know was that she'd be number one at the same time so it was a nice two for one special there so here's what she said uh, about what she originally thought and then once she found out she was number one you can fuck with me if you wanted to these expensive these is red bottoms these is black. yeah bitch i had number one really good very emotional all my family all my friends are here you know atlantic i was really pissed at them this morning because they keep telling me like oh we want you to come to new york because you um you make platinum we want you to pick up your plaque and i'm like oh they so extra why the hell do i gotta wake up so early in the morning to pick up a plaque to go back to miami but, um, you know, it was a lovely surprise. It was kind of like a close race. It was like when Obama was running for president. I'm like, ah! And the thing is, I used to be mad. Like, damn, why I have to be Taylor Swift? I like, I like that damn song. Look what you make me do. Look what you make me do. And it's just, I can't believe that. It's like, okay, yeah, I hit number one. But it's like, it's like history. So I really wanted to release my second single, with my album but um i don't think i'm just not as satisfied yet to drop my album a lot of people keep telling me to drop it my dude tells me to drop it a lot of people just keep telling me to drop it but it's just like it's not quite there yet i was gonna release it in october but i think i'm gonna do it in november however though since i promised something even though i don't keep my promise but you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying since y'all help me get to number one (laughs) i'm gonna drop a freestyle a freestyle that I did with my whole entire cockroach heart. Because my heart is very little, like a cockroach. Yeah. So, worth the trip to come all the way to New York, apparently, for Cardi. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, she was really, really uh, happy. I mean, they even brought in, I think, some, you know, she used to be a stripper back in the day. I think they brought in, you know, some of her, her crew when she was... But she was stripping, so um, it was great. I mean, she was thrilled to see them. I mean, a lot of her family, a lot of her friends, like I think her grandpa was there, probably some of her family. You know, they're New York natives, so they could they probably just came down from from up in the Heights in the Bronx. You just went from stripping to her grandfather in about span of about five seconds. That's is that's that's what people love about Cardi B, right? <laughs> is you can have that that good connection, and you know, part of that I think made it so exciting for her was, like we said, she, her friends, her family were there. She was saying um, that people. You know, people who she knew all this past week were were unprompted on their social channels and and um, just getting the word out there. You know, stream the song, buy the song, help it get to number one. And you know, we I really can't tell you the last time I saw a such a grassroots movement kind of behind the song. Like people were invested right. in getting it to number one in a way that I I really can't even remember the last time people cared like this bad like to have to get this record to number one yeah i mean there was a story people may have seen on the ringer.com uh, about how uh, it really just reignited to a whole new level interest in the hot 100 this week on, on such an overall pop culture level and you know we, we think there's always interest in the hot 100 but i think there's some something to, to the fact that people were watching a little bit more closely this week and and one of the points uh, they brought up we brought up is uh, the underdog uh, the superstar so i think that was a part of it you know when you look back sort of in the year at whole at a whole up until this point you would think that despacito you know having 16 weeks at number one is it going to break the record taylor's song is out like you think that would be kind of the big chart moment that would that would sort of transcend outside of billboard and really become the the pop culture talking point and you know a month later this cardi taylor battle has 
has eclipsed that, you know, by a huge magnitude. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into it. I mean, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, who are tied to Taylor Swift, who are over her, kind of like we're saying with, with the narrative of this huge established superstar and this underdog who was able to, you know, knock her out of out of number one. Can, can be missed. Some people even almost maybe compare it to when Nirvana knocked Michael Jackson out of number one on the album's chart. And people yeah. thought that was a, a, a significant moment. Who knows if it'll be, you know, on that kind of huge watershed. But after the Taylor song, you know, it goes after Kim and Kanye and, you know, the, the, the Kanye Taylor narrative. A lot of people particularly impressed that, that it is a black woman out of the Bronx able to knock down Taylor Swift. I mean, the symbolism of that, you know, was very was very uh, apparent to a lot of people and something they were really rooting for as part of the effort as well. And kind of one of the funny things that people were pointing out this week, um, as people were mentioning, you know, if Cardi was going to be the first one since Lauryn Hill, um, obviously people were looking, well, where did where does Nicki Minaj fall on that spectrum as someone who was carrying the flag for the past, you know, six, seven years? And, of course, it was not lost on a lot of people that Nicki, her best showing on Hot 100 to date, is number two for Anaconda. What was number one when Anaconda was number two? It was Taylor's Shake It Off. So yeah. if you kind of reset the chessboard a few years later, you know, for a lot of people, they thought, okay, we get the, we get the victory that we were hoping for back then, and we get to get to celebrate it with Cardi. Yeah, so. and the other thing that's kind of hitting me too is that for, for so long, uh, when Despacito was number one, it looked like it was going towards the record for 16 weeks at number one on the Hot 100. We were all kind of thinking that uh, the only thing that could knock it off was a new Taylor Swift song because nothing was was really challenging. We didn't even know if a song was coming until sort of the last minute. And then that did happen. But then just three weeks later, Cardi B is number one and just kind of shows you you can never really predict the charts fully. I mean, you can you can obviously think that if, if Bieber or Adele or Taylor Swift puts out a song, it has a really good chance at being number one these days. But there's always something like a Cardi B who can just come out of nowhere and with the right song and the right story, be a number one hit. Well, and I think a lot of people too were excited because... You know, as we as we noticed on late last week, uh, when when Post Malone was holding on stronger than a lot of people uh, would have initially predicted, I think across the board, um, people some people were saying, "Oh my gosh, well, what if you know, what if she gets blocked by Taylor and then Post you know jumps over her, and then maybe even Logic is you know coming on strong too? What if what if what if she just you know becomes a victim of timing and it right. just is one of those things where you're blocked on a couple sides kind of like a hotline bling we saw a couple years ago where right between the weekend and then adele coming out you know it kind of got smashed there at number two yeah so. that played into the excitement on the chart too this week because we really didn't know until until we got the final numbers if uh if cardi would be number one if maybe uh post malone could be if taylor still would be so yeah. i think that kind of uh really upped the excitement for this week uh, so you were there monday at atlantic what was the whole vibe of 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 the scene in Atlantic Records? A lot of people, huge celebration. There was a huge, yeah, it was a huge. Like you wouldn't think you were like at a record label, you know. You would. I, it almost was like. It was almost like 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 an over the top like Sweet Sixteen or graduation party. I mean, they came down with like sparklers and like you know the champagne or whatever, and I mean everyone's in like you know like I mean like short skirts, like fishnets, and, every, and they gave everybody a little Barty gang. That's I guess that's her fan army. They got a t- everybody had their T-shirts on, and it was just, I mean, the energy in the room, of course, was just, was just wild, just because everyone was just so happy this was happening to somebody who, who really, you know, really wanted it and was really into it, and because you know sometimes maybe one of those things where you know if, if you're established and you've got you know maybe a seventh or an eighth number one, it kind of feels like, you know, you go through the motions, you know what to do. Thanks again, you guys were so nice, but she was just, you know, I mean, her first thing when she came out down was just like. 
okay, I'm number one. Like, you know, we can we can celebrate this. Like, come on, y'all, let's have a good time. <laughs> um, and Julie Greenwald was, was there and toasting, and um, and she was, you know, excited. And just just the room had a real a real nice vibe to it. Did you get a moment with her? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got like a th- three and a half seconds, long enough to take a picture. So I do have the picture of me and Cardi. I was wearing I wore a yellow shirt to celebrate Bodak yellow. Yeah. So uh, did you appreciate that? Um, <laughs> I told her I don't know. If she maybe maybe she didn't hear me. I was like I wore I wore yellow just for you. Like as I was taking the picture and there was no response. So I don't know if she didn't think it was cute or maybe she didn't hear me or maybe she was just tired because she had to go catch this plane again. But so, so it didn't upstage the news of being number one. That wasn't maybe the highlight of the day. Can't say can't say I made the reel, but uh, okay. but I did make my own Instagram. So and I also made a lot of people's Instagram. At one point, I was walking behind her when she was coming in. To uh to the main area, and she was like dancing and shimmy, and people were taping her. And if you look carefully, you can see me behind her, not knowing what the hell to do. <laughs> and so, like five people have sent me that already, been like, "Hey, you're look at you making no money moves." If the song falls from number one, well, let's not blame you for ruining any momentum. No, no, no. You know what? And it's once a number one, always a number one. All right, so it uh, sounds like a fun event. Uh, congratulations to uh, Cardi, and, and uh, really just uh, plays up to how much uh, success Atlantic Records is having here in, in 2017. So uh, John McMahon back with us here on the podcast to really get into how uh, Cardi has uh, kind of risen from earlier in the year when he was on uh, earlier uh, back in the springtime. We we hadn't heard of Cardi B. Wasn't uh, even on the radar. Right, in terms of, of being a, a charted artist. Uh, we were talking about Ed Sheeran a lot uh, back then and Bruno Mars, and they've continued to have huge years. So we thought we'd get John back on the podcast, talk about just all these acts who are doing so well uh, for Atlantic this year. So uh, John is with us. We're going to talk about everything uh, going on at Atlantic, uh, including this week's number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. John McMahon, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. It's happy to be here, always. It's actually, uh, I feel once again really honored that you have the time to be here for all the success you guys are having at Atlantic. Yeah, uh, well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. We are having a great year. Last year was a great year, and and the, the gods are on our side, the A&R gods, the <laughs> artists and their brilliant genius that the, the, they have. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
have blessed us for sure because 2017 is really an explosive and, you know, I don't know if it's record-breaking, but it's a big year for Atlantic. How long have you been in Atlantic? And does this feel like an absolute high point or at least one of the biggest uh, years that you've been there? Yeah, I've been there 17 years. I joined in 2000, came over to Atlantic. And, um, you know, over the years, we've had, you know, massive successes. When we broke, you know, Bruno Mars was obviously one of the big successes um, that still, that freight train's still going. And then Ed, you know, was a was a slow build and then just blew the doors off. But last year um, and leading into this year, when we dropped, the Bruno album into the Ed album. It just made 2017, yeah, probably feel like the biggest year in my experience there. Well, that's the funny thing. We, we had you on earlier in the year. We yeah. talked basically about Ed and Bruno, and they, they continued to have a huge year. But now you're back five or six months later, and we've got all these other huge acts to talk about. So it's really incredible the success you guys are having. And uh, I, I guess we got to start with Cardi B. Congratulations on all the success of Cardi B, Bodak Yellow, Number one this week on the Billboard Hall 100. Unbelievable. I mean, that's that in such a short time. You know, she feels like she climbed the mountains in Mountaintop, and uh, we're really proud of it. So, has it surprised you at all? Because we, we didn't even mention her when you were here last time in the springtime. So, this has all happened pretty quickly ever since. If you've seen this rise, does it feel like one of the quicker rises you've seen? And is it kind of overwhelming to you guys, too? Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of the quickest rises we've ever seen. I mean, obviously, earlier this year, across the board in a top 40, a pop, and an adult, you know, Shape of You just went ba-boom and just rocketed to number one in like five weeks at top 40. But Cardi was number one in about a month at Urban Radio and Rhythm in, you know, five, six weeks right to number one. So that's really fast. You know, radio often bases their rotations and if they're going to go to power rotation on, on call out research and that's really important to them but the metrics on uh bodak yellow were just so overwhelming that they trumped everything you know at last i looked it was number three itunes number three spotify us top 50 number three shazam and you can put that up against any other superstar with current hits and nobody has metrics like that so unexpected and just off the charts so why do you think the song has taken off the way it has? You know, this is a, for a, for a new artist, uh, especially hip hop with, you know, there's no challenge. There's no kind of sort of viral play with that. Why has the song been so huge just out of the gate? You know, I mean, it's the beat, it's her swag. It's um, like the female empowerment of a hip hop artist, you know, saying what she's saying in that, in that song. Um, Cause there's a lot of, you know, male rappers that, you know, say not the same thing, but they have the same swagger and, you know, kind of like they fill the room when they, when they, when they walk in the room and she's got that kind of charisma. Um, and I was looking at some analytics on, uh, streaming and a lot of hip hop songs, particularly Little Uzi Vert, which was like one of the biggest songs of the summer had about 65% male and 35% female, um, streaming and Bodak Yellow was the inverse of it. It was 65% female and 35% male. So this is a song when it came on to the club or still comes on the clubs, like women go crazy. You know, girls go insane. And I don't know. It's just, it, I think it hit everybody over the head like a sledgehammer. And it's just a magic song. 
my favorite thing about this song is like how raw it is. I mean, when you hear it like like within the MTV Awards or something, like you have to like bleep every like eight nine seconds. Like this song is is not you know polished for right. to make it you know fun and appeal. This is like this is real. It's great. I mean, that's 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 who she is. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen her Instagram. You know, and that's 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 who she is. And you you know you you kind of wonder is that her? Is that uh you know um her basically alter ego what is it but it's it's really her at least that's who she is on instagram and and in person having you know been around her she is fun like that she is wild like that she says things that make you go what but they're entertaining and she's sweet and cool and has like i said a lot of charisma yeah it's it's fun Pop airplay is kicking in on the songs. It's been a bit of a tough sell. At top 40, we've talked about this year, how uh, some of these hip-hop hits are not getting uh, the easiest ride at top 40, where uh, pop music is still uh, pretty much dominating the format. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, there, there aren't that many hip-hop songs that, you know, quote-unquote, go all the way at, at top 40. You know, French Montana obviously has had a great, great run. We had an incredible run with, with Kyle um, and... You know, Fake Love and Passion um, did really well for Drake. But in general, like we mentioned earlier, the call-out research that Top 40 still looks at, you know, it's, it's, it is in many ways an antiquated methodology. And fortunately for, for us in trying to identify the hits at Atlantic, um, we have so many other metrics we can look at, you know, sales and streams and Shazam and so much that tells us how the audience really feels about music. Um, and there's a disconnect between what call-out research says the audience tastes, where the audience tastes are, and where all these other obvious you know, metrics are pointing to what's hot. So it's going to be a challenge. It'll still be a challenge. Like Top 40 will play songs like this at night. They don't feel comfortable playing them during the day. And in one you know, on the one hand, you can almost understand it, and it really depends on the lean of the station. If you're a station that leans rhythmic, and you were one of the first people to be powering Bruno or French Montana for that hand, it's more hip-hop, then you're probably more comfortable playing Bodak Yellow, you know, all day or after 3 p.m. But it's, um, it's still a challenge getting hip-hop songs like this played at pop. So it's a matter of finding the stations that you think might jump out on a little bit. Maybe that helps other people on the panel start to notice all the streams and, and the success those stations are having with it. Yeah, for sure. There are stations that definitely are willing to take a gamble on, on things like this. And there's others that are more conservative. So you just definitely you can sell a story. I mean, there was so much to talk about with this that even, you know, stations like Exxon Orlando said, I got to spike this at night. And they don't generally jump out on songs like this. Any plans with the the Kodak Black remix to, to how that will fa- factor into it or no? You know, that is out there and it's doing its thing and it obviously helped, you know, with the streaming numbers for the, the Billboard Hot 100. And the fans love that song so much. They love the beat. They love Cardi on it. And Kodak uh, has a lot of the same fans. I think they were thrilled to have him, you know, collaborating with her. So I think it's just going to help extend the life of the song and, um, you know, give it another burst going into the fall. Also nice that she had put out the Latin, uh, I guess, Latin Trap remix, I think it was called, a few months ago, um, which I think a lot of people um, didn't realize maybe that she was, you know, fluent in Spanish and that she she had this Washington Heights connection and opened up a new audience that I don't think a lot of people knew that 
that that she had connections to and that a lot of people you know have kind of missed luckily in the post despacito way people are starting to pay more attention to that right. but kind of cool that cardi was able to come at that from an authentic way yeah for sure i mean you know she's dominican and she you know speak like you said speaks fluent spanish i when i was with her the other day she takes a call and you know someone speaking spanish to her and she's got a little bit of an accent um but it's you know super cute and i love you know people love the way she speaks, it's just that's part of her, like, what captivates people. Um, but, yeah, no, it's great that there's another Latin artist that's had a massive hit in 2017. For sure, that culture rose um, in music this year in the United States. And uh, what's up next uh, after the song? Is there plans uh, plans for an album? I mean, she's got so many different things going on with uh, fashion deals. It's sort of uh, 360 at this point. Yeah, she's 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 finishing recording on the album. We don't have uh, you know a date. Um, she's going to announce that and the album title. But yeah, the whole fashion thing that you mentioned. If she was one of the stars and most talked about people during Fashion Week for sure. You know, just really everywhere. And and the VMAs. I mean, she was one of the most talked about artists on the VMAs. So she has a uh, a couple of things in 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 the works with some fashion. You know opportunities that you know can't she doesn't want to talk about yet, but I was really, going to say, John, you I, gotta, know, I, can't, I, I, I can hear it. You I know, can't blow it. <laughs> I don't want to blow it. No, she does. She has some really cool and big things coming. We'll find out. Uh, you mentioned the, the streaming just doing so well for hip hop and uh, not just Cardi B on Atlantic having this huge year. Uh, this goes back a little bit, but you guys are really uh, benefiting from how uh, hip hop is doing so well on streaming for other acts uh, beyond Cardi B. Yeah, Atlantic, it, this, I mean, 2017 has been just a watershed year of explosive streaming for everybody. But for Atlantic, we really hit the jackpot with a lot, a crop of really hot young new hip hop artists and, and some other um, acts that have had success in the past. I mean, Little Uzi Vert, obviously, was the number two most streamed song of the summer behind Despacito. Overall, I think it was somewhere around 400 billion total combined audio and video streams. That was, you know, his album debuted at number one. And then Kodak Black, huge. I mean, obviously, we just talked about his success with, with Cardi. But even on his own, his album debuted at number two, which was great. And, uh, and Kyle, you know, hasn't released his album yet. But that was a big, big breakthrough for him coming from the indie hip-hop world to being signed to Atlantic and then having all that success. Um, and Gucci Mane is is about to drop an album, and uh, the having, autobiography is out as well. Yeah, Go yeah, cop that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his song, his song is uh, "I Get the Bag," and people are saying, radio people are saying, we want to do a promotion with the book and a bag. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good, we can figure that out. <laughs> but uh, "I Get the Bag" with Migos is also like on fire out there for us at radio, yeah, at, at, at Urban and and Rhythm and streams and sales um, and Shazam and all the airplay markets. So. Yeah, it's been an A Boogie is an, is another uh, kid that's had a really really great year coming out of New York, having big success at Hot 97 and Power 105, and then crossing to the rest of the rhythm and urban you know stations across the country, and you know hasn't hit it out of the park yet, but he's such a, a young kid, and his album is you know next album hasn't dropped yet, and when it does, we feel really confident he's going to be another really hot young next generation hip-hop artist for Atlantic. So so why does Atlantic, you know, get all these guys? I mean, is, is, there, is there a conscious decision internally, you know, that 
we want to make this shift to go get these 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 viral moments that nobody's really capturing. I mean, you know, why is it that you guys this is all falling into your lap so well? You know, I mean, the company and Julie Greenwald and Craig Kalman and the leadership made a decision, and I think it was obviously you know extremely brilliant to go where kids are. Kids are streaming. Kids are streaming hip hop. You could read the data. You know, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. And that's really where where young people are. Um, they still love pop. They still love Ed Sheeran. They love Taylor Swift. They love Bruno Mars. They like Selena Gomez. They love all that stuff. But they really love hip-hop as well to a, in a big way. I mean, I have um, two daughters, 13 and 14 years old, and they are constantly on Spotify and Apple Music and at volleyball games or around the house just um, hanging out with their friends, and I would say 80% of the music that they're listening to is hip-hop. Um, you look at uh, Apple Music, I mean, that's, you know, the top 20 is, it's I think 18 of the top 20 songs are hip-hop, and then there's Sam Smith and Taylor Swift, right? No, but that's yeah. that's huge, but that's, again, where kids are. Right. And, and the same, you know, on Spotify, it's not as hip-hop-centric, uh, but it's all, it is, generally hip-hop for the most part i read that um in september one week in september 30 of the top 50 songs in the streaming songs chart were hip-hop and r&b 30 of the top 50 and when you look at where music was on the charts say four or five years ago before streaming exploded the charts didn't look like that i think people kids were listening to it but it wasn't as apparent because you couldn't see what everyone was listening to. Right. And now you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier this year you uh, did a story, Trevor, and uh, the, the half of the top ten in the Hot 100 were, were hip-hop acts for the first time in quite a while. There's the sort of the pop hip-hop acts, the people that you're maybe your Iggy's, your Macklemore's, who don't have the same kind of uh, rhythmic bass just in terms of the instrumentation. But, yeah, I mean, with these guys, you know, it's a whole different sound. It's a different type of hip-hop that I think you're right, that people think wouldn't sell maybe a top 40 and maybe people are shying away from, but... You know, kids want what they want, and that's what they want. You can't deny it. I mean, that's where I think popular culture is. That's where the advertisers are going. That's where, you know, streaming is clearly landed on it. I mean, it's it's dominating right now. It's funny because it's it's definitely hip hop. So many of these artists that are have blown up. Some of the ones I mentioned, and there's plenty more. You know, they're kind of singing they're kind of rapping you know it's a little bit of both yeah um you know i mean kendrick lamar is a rapper he's rapping right that's where kids are they're hip-hop and the pop superstars and that's that's what's happening in popular music as far as i can tell and now i'm all up on you what you expect but you're not coming home with me tonight you just Congratulations are in order. Charlie Puth, uh, last time you were here, I, I think uh, attention had not even come out yet. We were maybe uh, uh, maybe even talked about it, uh, that, that something was coming, but not, right. nothing official. So now you're back. It's a number one record at Top 40. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, um, we knew, we felt, we believed that we had a big one on our hands, you know, having come off of um, his three singles on the last album last year. 
um, Marvin Gaye and One Call Away and We Don't Talk Anymore, which all were, you know, multi-platinum singles and did really well um, at Pop and Hot AC. And the album was platinum. He was only one of two artists last year to have a, their debut album go platinum. So we're really... Th- Kevin Gaze? Was yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we had them both. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a great feeling. But um, when Charlie put out Attention, like radio really, really did love it. And it had a, it had a great rollout, um, but it wasn't one of those that was exploding at radio and going up with abnormally you know, excessive spins, up 1,500 spins a week at, at pop, I'm speaking about. And, you know, some of the other, you know, big names that roll out of Top 40, they, they come out and they do go up really too fast. They go up 1,500, 2,000 spins a week. And that call-out research we mentioned earlier, if that's not ready, because that's usually a few weeks behind streaming, a few weeks behind iTunes. And when the call-out's not there, those songs that go up too fast slow down. And Charlie Puth Attention went up at a really steady, healthy, organic clip, but not over the top. And and everything kind of crystallized at once. It was selling. It was streaming. The Shazams were there in every market. And eventually the call-out kicked in, and then it wound up spending four weeks at number one at Top 40, which is, you know, a long run for these days, you know, with the exceptions being... You know, the shape of views and things like that to just go on and on. But definitely the biggest song of his career, and I think elevated him to getting into that A tier right. of pop artists. Yeah, it does feel like it got to number one really just on the merits of the song. As you say, week by week, people just realizing that this is a good song and the research backing that up. And it was it was funny because he was out on tour with Sean Mendez, and Sean went into number one with his single at Top 40. And, you know, two weeks later... Charlie goes into number one in top 40. So obviously they had a great time out on the road together and were, you know, I'm sure, I know he told me, like just loving the fact that they were both succeeding at the same time. So a rivalry. Well, it doesn't really need to be when you're both number one. They're happy for each other. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great friends. Charlie said, he's, you know, they'll be, they'll be friends for life. They had an amazing uh, time out there on the road together. And uh, eventually, we you know, we're, we're about to, we're going to drop a new single from him. Which he'll reveal the the title of the single and the album and all that, you know, just right very soon. Well, um, is is the album is what supposed to be called Voice Notes? Is that still the plan or no? That well, he'll 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 reveal all of that. Wait, I'm nervous. <laughs> okay. okay, no, hey, look, look, it's I, the the every nothing is etched in stone, so uh, I don't want to put it there out there and not have it be, you know, uh, and have to retract it. Put it that way, but. His album uh, title and and the single are about to roll out, and um, I've heard the song, and it is amazing. That's it's phenomenal. Any so, any kind of flavor that you right. can describe? Is it in this the same kind of style of tension? Is yeah, it it's it's got tempo kind of, and it's okay. it feels young and it's you know crazy hooks. I mean, it's 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 really a, a amazing song. And coming off a of number one like this, it feels like you're probably thinking you have such good momentum. Maybe this will, could be a quicker ride up. It could be. I mean, you know, Charlie on on the last on the attention rollout, like I said, he got taken seriously. But there, you know, at that time, you're going back into April when he was, you know, a big up and coming artist, but not at the stature he is right now. It, it was like you know, you have acts 
big stars like Selena Gomez and people like that, that, you know, they're holding a slot for, a, for an artist like that. And Charlie was the guy that they were like, you know, we're definitely playing attention for sure. Was it the first week? Maybe. A lot of them it was. Second week, a lot more were. But this song and where he is right now in his career, we feel like he deserves and he will get that, like, it's going in rotation when we get it. Other big uh, pop uh, crossover success you're having right now, Portugal the Man. Feel it still. This is feels like it's really just at the beginning. This this is probably going to be a huge hit for the fall for, for the rest of the year. Feel it still is one that has crossed all the way at, at top forty. You know, into the top ten, going up fifteen, going up fifteen hundred spins a week. But when it should be, when it's already established, um, and you know, inside the top three at Hot AC and. Um, and it's been, you know, never sale priced on iTunes, inside the top five, inside the top three sometimes, number one Shazam for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, it got a, a lot of big sinks, you know, Vitamin Water and Apple, when they rolled out the new iOS earlier this year, they used it in their global marketing. So it really became like that cool, fun, you know, party record of the summer. That, that wasn't hip hop. <laughs> that right. people could just, you know, ear, it was a guilty pleasure. And it's rock, but it's not quite rock because it's so poppy. So it kind of hits that sweet spot that it's it's perfect. It's got that retro feel too, yeah. of course. That yeah. yeah, totally, totally retro. And um, and they're a lot of fun. They're a great band. They have an incredible album too. And alternative, you know, that song was number one for you know twelve weeks, and then went to two, and then went back in, and is still at number one at alternative. So it might. It holds the record for 2017. When did you guys uh, start thinking that you had a crossover hit? Obviously, it was going to be an alternative hit, but when? Did, when? Uh, how? How far back were you thinking we we might have a, a big pop hit here? Well, it started. Um, some of the hot AC stations started playing it, so we started it there. And every airplay market that it went on in, that outside of alternative, because not every market has an alternative station, it would instantly start selling and huge shazams in those markets so there was some top 40 guys you know in uh late spring or in early summer that said we're gonna play this so why don't we start early because it sounds like us and they played it and the same thing happened it was huge sales and huge uh shazam and uh you know one of the one of the first stations to put it in ironically enough even though the song came from alternative some of the rhythm leaning guys at top 40 played it first kiss yeah. in la yeah was really mm-hmm. the first you know big pop station to put it in and then you know b96 in chicago and a lot of other guys that leaned not adult said we can play this song and then everyone else realized we need to play this song so yeah it's it's um a Big story for us in 2017, as far as crossing multiple formats. Are they excited about it crossing over? I feel like every time we tweet uh, its latest Hot 100 position, it keeps rising. Instantly, they like it or they respond. They, they, are they chart fans? They, they seem happy about this this success. These guys are beyond happy <laughs> at the success. They're up in our our office all the time when they're on tour. They're coming in to do uh, you know TV or press, and they they come up and they 
see everyone at the label, and they're just the friendliest, happiest um, bunch of guys that, you know, they were just working hard to make great music and make great albums and, you know, succeed, but probably didn't necessarily think we're going to have a song that big, a cult, you know, culturally significant song of the summer that's going to cross multiple formats and be multi-platinum. You know, you can't predict things like that, you know? And um, they really are beyond happy and appreciative in a, in a super humble way that they're having this kind of success. Here's the most important question I'm going to ask you this Uh-oh. entire podcast. John. I'm nervous. Uh, uh, Portugal the Man, originally from Alaska. Yes. Jewel was on Atlantic Records for many years. Right. From Alaska. Right. Do you have some special... A uh, and R department <laughs> in Alaska. This, where this to is find Gary's uh, empirical evidence. <laughs> I found um, two examples. two artists. You know, I don't know. It it it. I guess it um, makes me think of a quote from um, Amit Erdogan <laughs> from a long time ago that was said before I even worked there. Someone told me this that um, you know he would say after cold comes hot. So, you know, the label, because every label goes on a run where you're having success and then you're not having success. And uh, I guess that's an analogy uh, to it, but I don't think there's any uh, real reason why the kids from, people from Alaska are coming to Atlantic and having success over the years. I was going to say, maybe you should change your name to to Arctic Records, (laughs) Pacific Records, but I guess Atlantic's worked out pretty well. It's working. Yeah. Probably shouldn't change it. Um, that's all great. Uh, Ed Sheeran, obviously, Shape of You. We, we talked about how big uh, the start was back when you were here. A few months later, uh, you know, possible number one Hot 100 hit of the year. It's certainly uh, in contention. Uh, did it feel like, yep, you probably got one of the biggest be, hits of the year? Be honest, John. Be, being totally honest, everyone felt that was going to be a monster hit. A monster hit. Everyone that we, you know, we rolled it out on January 6th and... Um, you know, being that we had just got back into the office on, I think, January 3rd, it wasn't like we had time to go out and play it for people and set it up. It was it was one of those, here we go. You, you know, you hit play, hit go, and go. And um, it went on every station right out of the gate, across the board, and instantly reacted. You know, he was off social media. He was off the grid for a year. Remember, right. he just totally unplugged. And when he came back, his fans were dying to have new music from Ed. And then um, he made a magic song. The number one of, for the year in the Hot 100 would obviously be massive. I know that right now on the radio side, it's the number one most played song of the year at all formats combined, at top 40, and at adult. Um, it's still top 10 on the, on the all format radio songs chart. It's yeah. just, it just because it's still number one on adult contemporary. Uh, right. Second longest uh, run at number one ever in the charts history. Uh, set the record on the Hot 100, 33 weeks in the top 10. So it just just keeps racking up record after record. It's unbelievable. And he's the number one most played artist of the year across all formats at radio. And the number one most played artist of the year at top 40. And the number one most played artist of the year at uh, at adult. And Bruno is the number two most played artist at top 40. Or actually number two most played artist of the year all formats, I should say. Because that's what I like in 24 Karat Magic. Also had such great success at Urban. But um, Ed is just one of the greatest artists ever on Atlantic Records. And, and he's just such a brilliant songwriter and unbelievably great performer. You know, his tour, his tour is going on right now, obviously, and you know, sold out everywhere and seen him a few of the dates. 
and his fans just just love him and he owns the stage and it's just him on stage by himself and his you know his little guitar it's really remarkable so um the album and i saw something it was on his instagram that he had posted that of the 16 songs on on the divide album 15 of them were platinum or multi-platinum and one was gold so when you think about that i mean 15 of 16 songs platinum is just I don't know that that's ever happened before. I think it partly you could think of it because of the different styles. Uh, there's something really for everyone. We've talked about how uh, the three singles so far, they're, they're all kind of different. Then you've got something like uh, Galway Girl, which is, is totally different. So kind of seems like if you don't like one of the songs as much as the others, you're going to find something that's perfect for you. 100%. He's got, he's got a little bit of everything for everyone. And Perfect, speaking of, is, is doing so well at radio you know, in the short time it's been out. And um, just exploding at top forty and hot AC, and you know, thinking out loud, you know, was one of the biggest rec- songs of his career, and and then there was Shape of You, and who knew, you know, and and Perfect feels like it's going to be another career song for Ed. Has it been one of those issues where uh, Shape of You is still so big that Castle on the Hill became a huge hit and now Perfect is, is off to a really good start but stations are still playing Shape of You in probably pretty good rotations. One of those rare good problems to have where he's kind of fighting himself. Yeah, we, we encountered that on Castle um, because there were a lot of stations because Castle was released on the same day as Perfect on January 6th and so even though our focus was on Shape of You a lot of radio stations said Castle's a great song. I'm playing both. So Castle really started January 6th as well and had a run that was, you know, obviously massive up until just recently. Um, so that, so that, real, that song really had about a seven-month-plus lifespan. And obviously, everything was eclipsed by Shape of You, not just Castle. Everything at radio, everything in, in music was eclipsed by Shape of You for a long, long time. But Shape of You will be one of these songs that, obviously is already in recurrent and you know if it's if it's not in a, another current rotation it's going to recurrent and it's going to stay there and i don't think it's going to come out of anyone's library at, at top 40 and adult and and probably and a lot of rhythmics for that matter and ac for a long long time i mean i think we all agree that in five years in 10 years in 25 years you're going to hear shape of you on the radio and go wow that was 20 years ago i can't believe it it still sounds great uh, new Bruno Mars, uh, next single planned yet? We haven't figured that out. We're, Bruno is, you know, the the genius that he is. We leave all those kind of decisions up to him. Um, I heard uh, I heard the Twitter sleuths are talking that they're saying he uh, he may have filmed a video recently for Chunky. That's what that's what some of the rumor mill is starting to. To circulate, that, you know, I I hadn't heard that one. Yet, look, the look on your face looks like <laughs> no, I, mean, I had not heard that one. <laughs> Great expressions on some of these questions. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. Um, but Bruno, you know, he he recently f- filmed uh, a CBS primetime special at the Apollo, which is you know amazing. That's going to air the, later on this fall. But Bruno's, you know, the year that that he had um, with Twenty Four Karat Magic being just a global monster hit multi-format song here like it's not often that an artist can have just such massive success at at, at top 40 and at rhythm and at hot ac and then go back to urban radio later on their third album and have the kind of success he had because he's the first time he was ever on the radio at all um was on bob nothing on you and that was a number one at urban 
But when he is, you know, just the way Yar came out in Grenade and all his follow-up, you know, classic songs, th- we didn't work them at Urban Radio because they didn't sound like they should be worked at Urban Radio. But this album, you know, was much more in a R&B and a, you know, throwback kind of R&B direction. And fortunately, you know, everyone's, you know, mind was open and ears were wide open and Urban Radio went in on him and he had two number ones. So that's a big deal. And Bruno's, you know, f- what, five times platinum on That's What I Like and four times platinum on 24 Karat Magic and a double platinum album. I mean, no no question, a massive year for Bruno. So we're really proud of him. I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. I could spend my time feeling all the reasons. What they know about us doesn't make a difference. Baby, we got us. We on something different. We on something. Let me ask you about uh, one other act that's uh, new and kind of uh, something different is the title. It's sort of something different for you guys, uh, for bad pun, but kind of getting into the boy band uh, game a little bit with uh, Why Don't We? Something different starting now on the Pop Sox chart. Yeah, Why Don't We? Um, it's five kids from five different cities around the country. And, uh, you know, when they when they formed, they were trying to figure out, you know, what members who they should be teamed up with, and some of them knew each other, and they all had about 100,000 Instagram followers each, which is, you know, pretty significant for a, you know, 16 to 18 year old kid who doesn't have any, you know, hit songs and nothing on the radio. It's pretty great. And in a span of, you know, six to eight months, they're all, they're, they're at like 2 million Instagram followers now as a group, and each of them is bordering on or over a million Instagram followers each. So the fans are there. I've been on the road with them many times and there are kids and mostly girls that are lined up in the morning to see them. They did a thing at the Mall of America in Minneapolis um, a few weeks ago and they gave out wristbands at Mall of America starting at 5.30 in the morning that to get into this one area of the mall to see them perform. There were girls camped out from 10 p.m., like hundreds of girls camped from 10 p.m. the night before to wait for the 5.30 a.m. wristband handout and there were upwards of 4,000 girls at this mall with signs. And you could tell it wasn't just the regular traffic in the mall. It was like real fans of them. So, you know, something different is it had a, is that a great rollout. You know, we're thrilled because the biggest stations in the country said, we believe in this song. We believe in them at Z100 and Kiss in LA and KMVQ in San Francisco and B96. Like some of the real just... A-list radio stations that said, we believe in them and we believe in this song and we want to help you guys at Atlantic break them. And so we're, we're thrilled. They, they dropped another song just for the fans called These Girls a few weeks ago and it debuted in the top 10 on iTunes within like eight hours. So they've definitely got an insane fan base and um, we feel like they're going to really blow it wide open. So you've been busy this year. Yeah, we've been, we've been busy. It's been a it's been a it's been a great year. I mean, it's 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 kind of you always wonder: is it hard to repeat? Can you do it again? But to be honest with you, some of these our projects and things that we do have coming up are just unfolding now, or have you know? Look at Ed; have we'll have multiple singles to follow. I think um, we're going to finish the fourth quarter in a really big way, and you know, 2018. We're going to also continue the success and probably drop a, a, I know we'll drop a bunch of things that we have planned that should 
light it up again. Like what? Well, <laughs> those expressions again, John. <laughs> well, you know, it's first of all the Charlie album. We're gonna run into that second single and have multiple singles off of that. Ed is is gonna be you know nonstop. The Gucci Mane album, you know, yeah. is about to drop. Uzi's got so much more life left in the album. A Boogie album coming. So between the pop and and the hip hop side, and Portugal the man, you know, if we if we can have, and we believe we can have the kind of success at alternative radio that we had on Feel It Still, we could cross more songs from that album because the album is it has songs that can cross. Right. As we uh, wind down to September, and some of the buzz around here. Any any looks towards uh, some gold statues next year? Some some of these guys might be up for. You know, there's there's no question that um, when the Grammys are announced that, you know, Bruno and Ed are going to lead in a lot of categories. Um, and it's, you know, you can think of song of the year, album of the year, R&B album of the year, record of the year, pop collaboration. I mean, there's so many categories where they could, you know, they could shine in um, that I think it's going to be a great night for, for them and, and for Atlantic. Um, so hard to predict. You, you never. I mean, the competition is always like so fierce. Yeah. And you go, wow, there's three great albums up for album of the year. Right. How are we going to win? And then sometimes you do. Um, so you know, you got to be humble about that, and and you know, you don't want to even take a chance of trying to predict anything because anything could happen. At the Grammys. Well, congratulations on all the success uh, continued uh, going forward. Thanks uh, again, seriously, for taking time to come up with everything uh, you're doing. So we appreciate you coming on, Chuck. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. We, like we're talking about, I mean, it just what a huge run they're having. I know we've focused on Cardi a lot this week, um, but also Portugal, the man. Yeah. I feel it still was, was great to hear about songs now in the top 10 of the Hot 100 and been something I think people kind of in that same sort of grassroots kind of vein have been rooting for. You know, like people really enjoy the song, want to see it do well, and it's climbing up the chart. And of course, like we mentioned as well, something else that people are really gravitating towards, a lot of these rap acts that other labels may not be quick as quick to respond to with Atlantic. Lil Uzi Vert, Kodak Black. So Atlantic's really got their pulse on some of these grassroots artists that people are really gravitating towards. And, and they're really doing it at a full scale. It's not only that that's sort of cemented where they are right now, but core pop acts like Ed Sheeran and, and Bruno Mars yeah. straddling uh, pop and, and R&B at this point. And then something that comes out kind of out of nowhere from, from rock, Portugal the Man. So they've got... Uh, They've got a little bit of everything right now. Pop, hip-hop, R&B, rock. They're just absolutely just killing it on every every level. Good mention, Gary, because that leads us right back into our flashback. We're going to talk about somebody else few, a couple decades ago who was also killing it at every single level. We're talking about somebody who was pioneering a hip-hop sound to a pop audience back in 1995 this week on the Billboard Hot 100. We had our first ever debut at number one by a woman mariah carey fantasy where it's yes we're going to talk about fantasy and the legacy uh that it's remix in particular that has inspired uh a lot of hip-hop pop collaborations over the course of the decades that have followed so 
set in the scene. It's uh, September 30th, 1995. Mariah Carey becomes the second person in history to have a number one debut on the Hot 100. First woman. She lost out just by a couple weeks to Michael Jackson. Right. So um, like, once again, it's all about the timing. I'm sure. I, I'm sure had Tommy known that was coming, they would have shot that single up a month. In any case, first woman, and she'll do it two more times. If everyone does not remember, in particular, the scene from Rush Hour, this is what fantasy sounds like. Did you ever see Rush Hour where you can the, the clip of the girl in the backseat in like the traffic jam where she's singing along to the song? That's how I first found out about this song. I never knew about it until then. But um, so the song, of course, you know, Pop Smash incorporates uh, the Tom Tom Club's Genius of Love. Right. Number one for eight weeks on the Hot 100. But perhaps its biggest legacy is not just the, the, the pop accolades and the number one debut. She does a remix and she, you know, Mariah Carey had remixed a lot of her songs. But for this particular remix, she went to a, a different lane, bringing on Old Dirty Bastard to remix this song. You know, Puff Daddy's involved. And it's kind of funny. If you think about Mariah Carey, the adult contemporary star of like the early 90s, yeah. her having a song with Old Dirty Bastard in 95 must have been like the label's biggest, like, what in the, what are you doing? Well, I, I can tell you, I was working at, it was an adult contemporary station at the time, 1995. It was, it was, it was then mixed 98.5 in Boston. And it was it was an R and B leaning AC station, so it was it was a lot of Mariah, Whitney, Luther Vandross, a lot of Motown was still uh, pretty much core to the station. And I, I do remember I was I was interning, uh, but I was interning the programming department, so I got to be in on these discussions. And it really was the first single she'd put out that wasn't a really safe choice for AC radio. She started to go a little bit more tempo driven, a little more dancey in some ways. Dream Lover had kind of set that up in, in 1993, but this was the first song that really had more of a core hip-hop sound to it, just in the production, just in the overall feel. And obviously the remix wasn't going to be any part of AC Radio, but uh, it was really a turning point in that Mariah was embracing her hip-hop love that she'd never really shown before on, on any kind of single. And uh, for those, so you heard, we heard earlier sort of what the pop version of the song sounded like. Here's a taste of what the remix sounds like and just how different, you know, two songs can be. <laughs> Yo, new. So, yeah, like you mentioned, Mariah had always said that she was a hip-hop fan, wasn't really allowed to express that in, in the early stages of her career. But, you know, at this point, when you're the label's biggest star, um, you're married to the label president, you've got a little more sway in what you can do. And this sets the tone up, really, for the second half of Mariah's career. If you want to think of this song as really a before and after, it's right. not a bad argument to make. When you when you get to the next album, uh, which is 1997's Butterfly, songs like Honey, I mean, Honey has an entirely different feel than probably any work that she'd put out beforehand. The video, an entirely different image, you know, a sexy, confident Mariah. Puff Daddy also producing on that track as well. So moving away from sort of the narrative Michael Walden and some of the, the pop masterminds of the late 80s, early 90s into 
you know, the producers and the sounds that are dominating the late 90s. Yeah, I always put those songs almost almost like on a staircase of just going from Dream Lover to Fantasy to Honey. How she just kept adding a little bit more hip-hop elements. Still still pop, still with, with a, a hook to all these songs. But you could just see how uh, every time out with those lead singles from albums, she just went a little bit more in the direction that she, you could tell, clearly wanted to be going in. Yeah, and after Honey, you know, we have... You have Puff Daddy kind of kind of hiding there in the background. The next lead single from her next album, Heartbreaker, brings on Jay Z full front. You right. know, it's a it's it's co build song. There's no there's no masking at all. She is, you know, embracing that lane. That's the sound that, that's dominant. And um Mariah's contributions to to sort of pioneering that lane for a lot of the pop artists who we'll see in the early two thousands. You know, we see Ashanti, Ja Rule team up, Beyonce, Jay Z, all of that. Um, going back to Mariah, and she was honored for VH1's Hip Hop Honors just a few weeks ago for her contributions to to bringing that sound into the mainstream, making it acceptable for a lot of pop artists to embrace, and really you know widening the scope of of what hip hop music could sound like. But but she it was kind of funny at the same time she kept to that formula of always following up with a huge ballad right afterwards, just to show that she hadn't completely abandoned those roots and to keep uh, adult success. Yeah. So after Fantasy, One Sweet Day, tied with Despacito now as the longest running Hot 100 number one of all time, after uh, Honey, 1997, Butterfly, and after Heartbreaker, Thank God I Found You. And then, I mean, even continuing, it's like that, 2005, you know, you got Jermaine and Fat Man Scoop, follows that up with We Belong Together. Right. Touch My Body, 2008, Bye Bye. And like I said, what she did really did open the lane for all of the the pop hip hop rap song collaborations that so many people love from the early 2000s mid 2000s that all really can be traced back to uh Mariah Carey and a brave decision in 95. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and also just to, to look at the Daydream album of how huge that was. Fantasy was the first single. Eight weeks at number one on the Hot 100. You follow that up with a 16-week number one. And there's a third number one after that, which maybe in some ways is the song you hear the most on radio of these three today that maybe has lasted uh, even better in some ways. Always Be My Baby. Yeah, Mariah's favorite song as well. Also teamed her up with Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, opening her up to uh, a new set of producers. Jermaine Dupri, probably best known for Criss Cross jump at the time so for him to team up with her write a write an r&b kind of mid-tempo ballad did wonders for him as well i could keep going more mariah all right that's uh, no more mariah we're, we're, we're mariah out but of course shout out to fantasy um for turning 22 on the billboard charts and being a huge inspirational track for a lot of pop rap collaborations down the road next week we're going to Keep the flashback train going, and we're actually going to return to a format that I think a lot of listeners have really appreciated. Yeah. We are going to have another top 40 countdown. This time we're going to be looking at 2002. We're going to go back 15 years. Um, another sort of watershed moment, really, in pop culture. Looking at American Idol, its first winner ever, Kelly Clarkson, and historic jump that she made on the Hot 100. 52 to 1 for a moment like this. You know what would be cool is if we got Kelly Clarkson on the podcast to talk about what she remembered about that. Um, that would be really awesome. What are the odds we are going to have Kelly Clarkson here talking with us for uh, an extended chat about her idle memories, what she's up to now, uh, maybe her thoughts on being in Hillary Clinton's book? Uh, Kelly Clarkson next week on the Billboard Chart podcast. We're also going to bring on uh, Fred Bronson who wrote the Charpy column uh, for uh, about 16 years, uh, from the 90s into the 2000s, because he he covered uh, American Idol 
really like no one else ever a billboard all the different number ones over the years uh, he he was there when when kelly first hit number one with a moment like this uh, he's been he's been on the show if you ever watched idol you might have seen sometimes uh, fred actually on screen some of the weeks when uh, they would uh, feature uh, billboard hot 100 number ones as their themes uh, fred was a, was a part of that so we figured uh, fred has uh, insights about american idol that, that really no one else does so uh, fred's going to join us as well uh, next week along with kelly clarkson we'll get to number one and uh, uh, really just celebrate 15 years of uh, american idol hits and with the show coming back next year it's uh, kind of a good time to look back and that being said, we'll go ahead and set you guys up. Uh, so Kelly Clarkson next week. Here's a little teaser, one of our favorite Kelly Clarkson songs to get you guys in the mood. What song is it going to be, Gary? Do I get to pick it? You do, but only if you don't mess up. Can I pick my favorite Kelly Clarkson song, which is a pretty obscure choice. It wasn't a single. Oh, okay. All right. We'll give listeners something new to, to, to chew on on their way out. This is, a, this is a deep cut that actually kind of made the rounds in the, in the early 2000s. Uh, which album? Uh, Thankful. It was, uh, it was written, uh, co-written by uh, Daniel Brisbois. Really a, a obscure fact here. Daniel Brisbois, I don't know if you remember, you probably because you're too young, but she played uh, Stephanie, the, the, the little girl who uh, came into All in the Family at the very end after Edith died. She was a little girl who oh, lived with was, Archie. Ah, to, ah, you know what this does? No, no, no. You know what this does? This re- remember the first episode I was ever on, you called me the cousin Oliver? Yes. And they brought him on to kind of save. This is, this is. All in the family's cousin Oliver. Kind of. Great. You're Stephanie. Uh, what's the song, Gary? The song is uh, she co-wrote this, uh, recorded by different people. Just missed the train. Never been any kind of a hit single, but uh, just a lot of different versions of it out, kind of around uh, the same time. Kelly Clarkson did a great version of it. It could have been a single to me. So just missed the train. All right. Well, to set you up for 2002, Kelly Clarkson. Here is 2003, Kelly Clarkson. Just missed the train. And we'll see you guys next week. Fred will be here. Kelly will be here. Gary will be here. I'll be here. You be here. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.